0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three incredibly qualified, good looking professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science. My name is Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. My name is Michael Pace. Hi, everyone.
1: Hello. I'm bouncing my eyebrows at the audience. How's it going, audience? Welcome to the podcast. Come on in, have a seat at the table. Oh yeah, we pop some popcorn for you. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Join in, in the merriment.
0: Enjoy Sean's beautiful apartment decorated by his loving
1: wife. Yes, uh, please drink it in. Okay. <laughs> drink it in this, audience. This got a little weird. Why don't we talk about a movie? Okay. What movie did we watch? This week, we watched Split. Yeah, we did. And I believe it came out this year, It did come out this year. I think 2016. Didn't it come out this year? I think it's 2017. I think it's
2: December 2016. Why don't we look it up? i
0: just cut this out. We don't have to cut it out. People (laughs) love what we just
2: dick around. Wait, you picked the the worst word. The release date of Split was January 26th, 2017.
0: Dang! Five days before my birthday. Remember that, audience? I had a birthday coming up. Shh! So before we get into that, Pace, do we have any disclaimers?
2: We do have some disclaimers. Hit me. And that is that we are three disgruntled graduate students, very angry, and because of that, we're going to be very critical towards this movie that we watched in regard to the science that it draws from. That being said, that's what makes this podcast fun, and so we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna ride that. <laughs> we're gonna ride that all the way home. That gravy train. We're gonna toot toot. Here it comes toot. What? The gravy train. 2 2. <laughs> two, two. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> what are you doing? I'm the conductor, okay. all aboard. Oh, okay. All aboard jump the gravy train. All your fake train. Also,
2: Let's jump into another it. Another caveat oh, okay. is that we might curse.
0: Oh, yeah. We'll probably say some bad words. We
1: don't. Fu-
0: <laughs> Sean, See? you said the word dick? Four minutes in. It would not even. It was like 30 seconds.
1: <laughs> don't,
2: of the be, don't be a dick. Get it? <laughs> Come <in>. on. <laughs>
0: Go
1: on. We don't curse
2: much.
0: We, we also have one disclaimer, another disclaimer for this special episode. So we watched Movie Split, which is about the identity disorder that Charles Xavier has. Um, uh, there's obviously like some controversy that surrounded it when it first came out. We'll do talk you, about... Do you like, mean the,
2: the movie or the disease?
0: The movie. There's also controversy okay.
2: associated with the disease. and We'll yeah. talk about that a little bit,
0: but... You guys, bear in mind as you're listening to this, none of us are psychologists. Pace is the most adjacent, being our resident neurologist. Um, neurologist? And- Neuroscientist.
2: Neuroscientist. I would say. He's a neurologist. But Neurologists um, have an MD, Ken. Yeah. You will one day. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Something went terribly wrong. If yeah, you had an MD. poor bastard.
0: Yeah,
1: Cody. But either way, we don't... (laughs) (laughs) Cody! hope he's listening. We don't have
0: any uh, experience with uh, psychology just in general, and we don't have any experience with associated
1: disorders, but we're going to do our best based upon the uh, reading and studying that we have done. So if we get some of the naming aspects of the disease wrong, or maybe some of the characterizations a little off, you know, don't fault us, it's not intentionally offensive or anything like
0: that. Right, But... Do feel free to yell at us, because we are literally here to learn. So if
1: you want to correct us, we'll talk about it on the next show. I walked into Kenan's house the other day, and he <laughs> was just sitting in his computer, just covered in dust with Twitter open, just staring at it, just waiting for people. I know, it's really and sad. No, and you know what? Nobody well, came. No one came? No one came <laughs> calling when Kenan. Kenan was sitting. So please, save Kenan from his prison of loneliness. Please,
2: please <laughs> scream at me on the internet. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, we are, we are. this has been an actually a very, I would say... Enlightening? Enlightening uh, educational experience for us. It has been for me to, to learn a, more about this disorder that affects a, a shockingly large number of people. So yeah. um, I've, I've found the experience to be to be incredibly enlightening.
1: Yeah. It is also a different movie style than we normally cover on this podcast, Definitely. which I think we're trying to branch out a little bit more. Thank God. Wow. Hey, Case was bored of our podcast. He got so, so tired it, of so. infectious diseases. Yeah. I did. I love infectious diseases. Me too, like baby. Just about. I saw so, Woo! Audio. They're all right. All right. So, you guys want to jump into the movie? Yeah, dude. Let's
2: do it. Yeah.
1: All right. You start us off. You always start off. So, we open... Oh, no. I'm just kidding. So, it it starts off... There are three girls. They basically get kidnapped by this guy. We'll call him Kevin because that is his birth name, alter ego, basically. Right, right. Yeah. The the host for (coughs) his his, his original identity. His original identity is Kevin. So... These girls, um, they're getting in a car. Two of them are friends. One of them is sort of an estranged classmate that they're inviting to a party just to be inclusive. Her name is Casey Cook. Casey Cook. She's, she's got black the one, hair. Right? She's the one
0: referred to as the one with the black hair. The one with the old black time.
1: hair. She's sort of the main character of this movie. Yep. Aside from... Yeah, you could um, argue that. She's the antagonist. No. The protagonist. She's the protagonist. The protagonist, She's are, the murderer. Yeah. She's the protagonist, and then James McAvoy, who plays Kevin, is the antagonist of right. this movie.
0: Yeah, and as you may have seen, obviously, from the trailers, he's the one who is housing all these individuals. Right, exactly. The other two characters who are with her are Claire Benoit <laughs> and Marcia, who doesn't get a last name, I guess. What's her last name? Mar- Marcia nothing. No, 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 the first one? Oh, Benoit. <laughs> false. <laughs> oh, so, <come> nice. <laughs> Wait, is that an Archer reference? Yes, it is. Nice. <laughs> he said it, I could not do it. I can't yell at you for making references, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Either way, they're the other two. Uh, as Sean implied, <clears throat> it's or as Sean said, it's implied that Casey Cook is quote-unquote weird and acts out and gets into detention a lot. And that's
1: all we know of, as far as the relationship is concerned between these three girls. Right. right. And obviously, we find out more as the movie goes on, but so, it starts off with they get in a the car, their dad is like, Oh, I'll give Casey, I'll give you a ride home with us. Like, her uncle couldn't pick her up or something. Right. Uh, the car broke down. So they get in the car, and they hear a thud, look behind them, and then turn around, and Kevin is sitting in the driver's seat of their car.
0: Casey takes 45 minutes to yeah, turn around. Yeah,
1: very look slow look like <laughs> something... Something uh, isn't right! So she looks over, and there's just this guy sitting in her car. Yep. And he's like meticulously cleaning things, and the girls in the rear look at him and go, uh, Excuse me, sir, I think you have the wrong car. Yep. And then he pulls out a magical can of knockout gas. Yep, after donning a mask. And puts a mask on and just sprays them in the face, and they immediately become unconscious. Yeah,
0: it looks like dry erase marker like <laughs> cleaning solution. So. <laughs>
2: How does how does this magical spray work? Uh,
0: there's abs- I Out of, like, arguably the most, like, science-intensive possible portion of this movie, which is chemistry, there is nothing explained,
1: and there it's just absolutely bananas. Yeah, he just knocks them out, and it's very, very serious and... Like, very helpful. Very helpful knockout gas. Now, there are, as the audience may have heard before, there are different types of volatile substances that, that can when inhaled, out. will make you like become unconscious. Chloroform. Chloroform is the one that comes to mind a lot of the time that everyone pictures like the rag soaked in chloroform you know, put over someone's face, and then they just instantly pass out.
0: Which we can address very briefly if you want on how realistic that is. Yeah,
1: it's, it's not... So the thing is, chloroform will make you unconscious, and it was used as an anesthetic before, but chloroform takes up like can take up to like five minutes to knock someone out it's not like a very fast process
0: and if you use too much of it
1: you could have a heart attack and die yeah so that's why it's not used as a anesthetic anymore because there's some percentage of the population that will just have like sudden onset cardiac arrest from chloroform and they don't really know the mechanism but it was enough that people decided to not use it as an anesthetic exactly so some people you go under and it's fine and some people you die there are
0: military, like grade and medical grade incapacitating agents that people use that are in gas form. So I guess we're just made to assume that that Kevin has access to this. Somehow. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: very powerful, but he's he's got it. So yeah, he knocks way. them out. This is like literally first two minutes of the movie. Oh yeah,
0: like immediately. Yeah.
1: So these girls wake up in a room. They're locked in like a basement of some sort. There's no windows. There's two like cots and there's a little bathroom attached to it, and the door is locked. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so they immediately assume, you know, the the worst. Right. Um, and they assume, like, this guy's kidnapped them, he probably wants to, he might want to rape them, something like that. Right. And it's very traumatic for these girls, obviously, and they're trying to think of how to escape and stuff like that. Kevin, as you know probably from either watching the movie or seeing the trailers, he has dissociative identity disorder. Right. They don't know this at the time. When they see him, it's his personality, Dennis which we'll talk about a little more later when he's switching, but the girls don't know that he has multiple personalities. He's got fully buttoned-up shirt, he's got glasses on, and he's supposed to have obsessive-compulsive disorder, so he always cleans everything. He looks pretty
2: crisp. Yeah, he looks very crisp. He crisp. He, <laughs> he pulls
1: up a chair first time they see him after they wake up, and he wipes off the chair before he sits down, just to, like, emphasize how clean he wants to be. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to—most of the movie, just to preface this— is them in this basement interacting with Kevin and his different personalities. And yep. that's, like, over an hour of content in this movie. And we can
0: give, like, <laughs> minor details when important, but it's that's
2: basically, like, the large portion of the right. suspense for the movie.
1: Like, me explaining it is not suspenseful, so I'm not going to explain an hour worth of all this.
2: And I think that <clears> while <throat> we're explaining this, is it fair to say that we'll refer to the individual identities by their names. Sure. That, yeah, that's fine to go yeah. with? And okay. in case
0: we haven't said it already, um, we'll refer to dissociative identity disorder as DID right. for the rest of this, so that Did. we don't all
1: have to you know, spend an extra hour of content saying the word.
2: That's that sounds a, great that's to me. It's a great
1: plan, Kenan. Yes. Remedy is the something-something. I don't know the quote. Let's skip ahead to the next scene when they're not in this basement. Sure. Kevin has DID, and he has a therapist that he talks to and meets with in order to help you know, manage his DID. Dr. Karen Fletcher. Karen Fletcher. Karen Fletcher. And so... Played by Betty Buckley. Betty White? Betty Buckley? That was obviously not Betty White. Oh,
2: okay.
1: Do you know what Betty White looks like?
2: (laughs) I absolutely do.
1: Okay, good. So you were just saying I I absolutely do. (laughs) So, um... Go ahead. There's another personality that Kevin has, and this one's called Barry. And, Kevin, can you describe Barry for me? Barry is a fashion man. Sure. I,
2: I love Barry so much. Yeah, dude, Barry he, he might be my favorite of all the personnel.
1: Um, he wears, like, a beanie, he draws pictures of dresses and, like, designs things, he's always dressed pretty nicely, um, and he goes to this meeting because Karen received an urgent email from, presumably, Barry saying, I need to meet with you, which is out of character because that only happens when something is wrong, so... Right. She's immediately asking him. He shows up and she's like, Hey, what's going on? Like, why'd you email me? He's like, Oh, I was feeling down, but like, I feel better now. It's not a big deal. And we find out as this happens in the movie, because this happens about three more times where she's just like getting a random email from him and she's like, Hey, this is out of character. We find out that when he's switching personalities, other personalities are coming out and sending this email in some brief amount of time sort of a, as a plea for help because they know that something is wrong. Right. Obviously like this is supposed to be out of character for him to just kidnap three girls. Like this is not something that he would normally do and it's this personality Dennis that has done this. Correct. So, do you guys have anything to add? So so he's meeting Karen, right? And, I think that the
2: the weird thing <clears throat> that's happening in the scope of the disease right, right now is that you have one identity mm-hmm. who is masquerading As one of the other identities. Right, right. Uh, You have Dennis, who's masquerading as Barry, because he, he being Dennis, thinks that the therapist, Dr. Fletcher, will not respond positively to how Dennis is behaving in this instance. So
1: they call it grabbing the light, when one personality is present. So that personality is in the light, the other one's art. Right and we find out throughout the movie that Barry has been for a while he is the personality that's in charge he can dictate when other personalities will jump in and stuff like that so
0: and in this movie they refer to it as being in the light I don't know if that's common but the term that we have read and heard more often is the word fronting so typically right. when a personality is uh, spends more time, fronting or out right Mm -hmm. and actually interacting that is the front-facing personality that's the fronting personality so i think
2: i think that now we've gotten to the interactions between kevin and his identities and the therapist we should kind of at least briefly outline how one might go about recognizing did
0: yeah sure whenever you see it do you want to talk about like how someone without medical training would or do you want to specify on sort of how it's classified
2: um in what way would you say for someone who's not medically trained to be able to identify the disorder? I don't disorder. know. I thought maybe you had something. Like maybe,
1: um, maybe like I, a way on like a, I don't know, like a Yeah, podcast. I think that one might...
0: Well, <laughs> like maybe how you would oh. describe to a podcast audience. Oh, oh, oh thanks.
2: That. Well, okay. But I think our podcast audience is intelligent enough to understand the medical diagnosis. That being said, I will say... Oh, now you're going to insult them. No, I'm not <laughs> trying to be patronizing... Dear God. Kenan. <laughs> <laughs> Kenan just really likes pushing paces buttons. Pushing polarizing really, pace. It really does. Uh, let me say this. I think that one thing if you this this is actually a pretty important issue because there are obviously many people that have their where their phone members have DID. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the first things that they might notice are instances of amnesia to where good point. their family member might not remember um you know certain instances or certain blocks of time uh because one of the other identities was uh what was the way that you described it uh, fronting fronting was yep. was uh was was fronting for for the, the original identity um so that's that's one thing that one might notice uh, i think that another thing that you might also might notice in someone who has did is just other common Comorbid psychiatric problems like uh, depression,
0: bipolar disorder, bipolar yeah, uh,
2: other types of personality disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, these are things that you might be able to notice uh, through just regular interactions with the person. Um, so those would be one of the first things that I would look for. I I do really want to point out that DID is still one of the most underappreciated mental illnesses, and is th- the, the diagnosis itself is is still not taken seriously by a lot of medical professionals, including some psychiatrists. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because it it is in the DSM-5. Yeah. And I mean, the Diagnos- Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders by 5, I mean the 5th edition. So this is something put out by the American Psychi- Psychiatric Association, um, usually about every, every approximately every decade, um, and they'll basically update the diagnosis okay. for classifying a wide variety of psychological disorders. So
1: this is a clinically recognized disorder. This is
2: a, as of uh, yes, it's a clinically recognized disorder and actually in 1994 DID uh, switched from being known as what some people might even still refer to as multiple identity disorder
0: or multiple personality, or multiple personality
2: disorder, disorder yep. to dissociative identity disorder.
0: Yep. So that was a
2: big shift, I think. It's
0: also, it's been around long enough, and it's been part of the DSM for long enough to have gone through revisions, too. Right. So the, the the fact that some people still don't view it as an accepted identity disorder or dissociative disorder is, at this point, a little bananas, I guess, at least in my opinion. Well, and when, I agree.
1: And when we say that people don't uh, necessarily view it as a distinct disorder we don't mean that people think like oh there's something wrong with you like you don't have a mental disorder yeah they just try and classify it as some other mental disorder right or basically. they say that someone right. does have a problem but they're acting out right kind of like yeah because you could conceivably act differently in different scenarios at, to an extreme extent and yes. that would look like you have different personalities but right. the idea is the distinction of like you actually have essentially multiple individuals inside one
0: yes. post. And I mean, those can range, like misdiagnoses can range from schizophrenia spectrum disorder, yeah. bipolar disorder, uh, even ADHD or ADD yeah. has sometimes been, yep. like, that's been the diagnosis when a person actually has DID uh, or even borderline personality disorder. Correct. So there's uh, there's still some contention, although the exists as an actual
2: diagnosis now. There is, and whenever I initially heard about this movie, Split, uh, I read in the synopsis that you know, this this guy has twenty four different identities that uh, that he uh, shifts switches between. Mm-hmm. My initial impression was that was oh that's that's way exaggerated. You know, there's no way someone could have that many different alters. Another alters another phrase for a different identity in a person. Yeah, they call it alters.
0: And I believe they actually use that in this
2: movie, right? They do. Yes, Doctor yeah. uh, Fletcher. Fletcher, Fletcher uses alters. I was I was, I was thinking, there's no way that someone has twenty four different alters, but actually. It's pretty common for an adult who's diagnosed with DID to have anywhere between 16 and 25 different alters. Yeah, uh, which I was really surprised to read.
0: And and one thing that it didn't need to be, but wasn't addressed in this movie, is that there are some people who have DID who have alters that aren't out. Like, so you can have a separate identity that almost never is fronting. Correct, but still exists.
1: Right, and there's varying degrees, obviously, because this is a poorly classified disease, like it's a spectrum. You can imagine there are people that don't have—they are aware of their other personalities, and they can actively switch between them. They're co-conscious. Right, they're co-conscious, but there are also other individuals who, especially without therapy or any treatment— um, have no idea that they are do have these other personalities, don't even know that they're fronting at different right. times. They'll just have blocks of amnesia where they don't remember it because you might think they have narcolepsy, right? Because these yeah. memories can sometimes be compartmentalized with the different personalities. Yep. So, like, one personality is fronting, those memories are associated with that personality, and in the other states,
2: which is a pretty, remember. I mean, honestly, whenever you first hear about that type of uh, compartmentalization, it's, it's terrifying, <laughs> it's
1: yeah. It's yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um. Just to go over the few more general symptoms before we move on to sure. other uh other content is that patients will usually switch between the personality states when there's a perceived psychosocial threat. Uh and this kind of allows one distressed alter or personality to retreat, while one who is more competent to handle whatever situation the person is in, uh they can they can then emerge and handle it. Right. So this this is also usually accompanied by like an uh, the inability to recall just the everyday events, personal information that you would be a reflex for 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 someone to be able to uh, recall, and DID is almost always associated with some form of early childhood trauma. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, and that trauma does come up in this movie too.
2: Absolutely, right. absolutely, it does. Yeah, it's the yeah. direct, I think that I think they actually they make their case that. Childhood trauma is one of the is the driving factor for Kevin's DID, and not
0: even just for Kevin's DID, but trauma is kind of a theme in this film. It is is what we'll get into. Right.
1: Um, Back to the plot of the movie. We got to talk about Kevin. Yeah, Doctor Karen is suspicious again that Barry's no longer in charge. That other personalities are there. She even references Dennis, this personality who she's like he's very you know protective. He's very strong. Is a strong personality. Um, but apparently there's some events in the past of him, like, watching girls, dance, young women dance naked or something. Yeah. So he's been banned from being in the spotlight. Right. So Dennis is supposed to be just... Suppressed, in the brain, not out fronting.
0: The behavior of which we get very early on in the movie, he tries to get one of the girls to dance for him and yeah. is impeded and brings her back into the room
1: and it's not addressed
0: until this point where like, oh, that thing.
1: In the beginning, you don't know what his motives are. You're like, this guy captured these girls yeah. and he's obviously going to do something bad to them. Oh, like, yeah. You don't just kidnap girls and put them in a
0: room. If you hadn't seen the trailer, it would have just been a kidnapping movie. Yeah. yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's also that, that point where Dennis is having a conversation with, is it Patricia? Yeah. Right? Yes. I don't think, I'm not positive, but I don't think that the different identities that people are experienced will have conversations with one another. That does happen. It does happen. Yeah.
0: So it's actually, uh, it's uh, it's not called- Out loud, though? Yes. Oh. Like, they can physically talk to each other out loud. Um, it is called co-hosting. Co-hosting. Yeah. So when, and I don't think it occurs in like a large, like yeah. people do on TV shows. Yeah, exactly. Like- <laughs> <laughs> like the man's Show,
1: yeah. Wow. Oh my god. Oh, the yeah. Man Show. I forgot about that. Forgot the about that terrible show, show right? Uh,
0: yeah. Wow. So I don't know, like, what if there's a limit on how many people? I would have to imagine that if you were, if there were 20 people all talking at once, you still only person. have one physical mouth to talk. With. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but it apparently, like, two is not completely uncommon. Like,
2: two okay. three
1: people all having a conversation. Interesting. Okay. So yeah. that that is the first indication that the girls have that there are other personalities. So when this first happens, they're behind a shut door and they hear um, Kevin talking to himself as Dennis and Patricia. And he has different voices for uh, what he's saying. Different accents. Yeah, different accents, different voices. So to them, it sounds like there's two individuals there. Correct. And they hear this woman, Patricia, say, so like, are they in that room? Like, you know you're not supposed to touch them, Dennis. Like, we told talked about this. You're not supposed to touch them. Yes. And then Patricia... Opens the door and it's actually just uh, John McAvoy, just like dressed as Patricia in women's clothing, speaking Correct. speaking sort of delicately, emulating a woman's voice. And so there, the girls are obviously like freaked out and very confused because they're traumatized from the situation and also like what the fuck is happening? We thought yes. there were two people, but he was just talking with himself.
2: At, at this point, this is this <laughs> is when they know they're dealing with something relatively unique and and this this is no standard kidnapping. Now, I, I do want to point out when you, you mentioned that James McAvoy comes in and he's wearing the female's clothing, uh, buying, purchasing, wearing clothing of the, of an opposite gender is, is a relatively common occurrence. Oh, yeah, sure. In patients with DID. Yeah. They'll, they'll buy clothes of a different gender. And then during a time when they're in the personality that did not buy the clothes, uh, they'll be like, why did I buy this? Yeah, this yeah. This is not what I would see myself wearing.
0: And what's really neat is like, if you have patients who are, uh who are comfortable with their different personalities, like there's communication between them and all this stuff, that they will adapt what they do throughout the day for their different personalities. I've read, you know, scenarios in which people know, like, oh, I have another personality that will sometimes front who's vegetarian. So they make sure when they go to the grocery store to buy vegetarian food. Yeah. Because that personality <laughs> is out and hungry. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Isn't that wild? Yeah.
2: That that kind of like that makes me think of the different types of we'll call them like the types of possession forms Ugh. that happen for the different personalities so if like there's possession versus non-possession right okay. so in possession you have the identity will usually like manifest itself as like an outside agent who just completely takes control of the person okay yeah. and this will result in the types of amnesia that you'll experience but then you also have the non-possession type right to where you're almost having an out-of-body experience and you're You're witnessing the other identity act. So that Ah, makes me think of what you're talking about to where the uh, one identity is aware of the other identity being a vegetarian. So they'll act in a manner that is in concordance with that. Supporting that. Exactly. I
0: I wonder, like, that must mean that there's some wild spectrum between uh, possession, which is like what you talked about from Possession, all the way up to co-hosting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so... In Which, this, again, is
2: bonkers. Yeah, That's so cool. It's crazy. Yeah, it it's, it's crazy.
1: yeah. and actually, in this movie, there's sort of three personalities, I guess a fourth one that you find out about later, that are in cahoots, sort of. So there's Dennis, Dennis, the guy who kidnapped them, Patricia, the woman who's helping Dennis and sort of in charge, Yep, and then Hedwig, um, <clears throat> the who is a kid, who's a nine-year-old kid, Oh. Um personality, obviously. Hold on. And he says that he can control now who is in the light. So yep. it's up to him. It used to be up to Barry, but it's up to him. he means- mentions he
0: has a superpower
2: that he can make the others sleep. They yes. don't really reveal
1: what what
2: that him. is as to why Hedwig, the nine year old boy child, is able to control who is in the light or who is fronting.
1: Yeah, they leave it pretty vague.
2: Yeah. But so
1: the girls in the room, they're they make uh an escape attempt basically yeah. they've you know are trying to pick up on clues like this room they he he says uh kevin says the room is had to make it safe
0: yeah head headwig appears to them at first oh, yeah, and uh winona ryder she tries She's not to,
1: winona ryder you K- guys stop saying K- that. casey
0: cook tries to uh not seduce him but like be like hey man we're cool I'll tell you a secret. You tell me a secret. Blah blah blah. Like tries to, you know, get some pick, information. Get some information like from him. Yeah, exactly. She's she's greasing some. She's bonds. like,
1: give me the juice.
0: <laughs> she uh she has an interaction with him. Hedwig distrusts him. Runs out of the room. But in the process, says it took forever to make this room safe, which is like their first indication that oh this is this room must be manufactured.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. like something that they noticed that the drywall is pressed, They're like. Something's up. So yeah. they find an, a vent in the top. They, they start the looking for roll, studs. And they find yeah. Event. yeah. <laughs> they find a vent. They're trying to escape. Um, Dennis catches them. Yep. He catches the one girl, the blonde girl who goes through. And every time Dennis encounters these girls and they are dirty in some way, they get dust on them or dirt. He makes them remove any clothing right. that is dirty. And because he, he has OCD. Because he has OCD and he's, like, his obsession is that everything has to be clean. Yep. Um, it's a little... It's like his main manifestation.
0: It, it makes sense for his OCD. It's a little weird upon first glance. And then at the very end of the movie, it has, like, a purpose that we'll get to. So, yeah,
1: so yeah there's multiple escape attempts made. He ends up... Every time the girl's trying to escape, he splits them up. Yep. So they're in separate rooms. And Patricia... Correct. The Patricia personality is being a little nicer to them. And the whole time they're alluding to um, that they're food for the beast. Yeah, Hedwig tells him that he's coming... And they're gonna get eaten. Yeah, and they're like, the beast is coming, get ready, it'll be over soon, like, don't worry yeah. about it. And Patricia, like, makes them a sandwich and is trying to be like. What kind of sandwich, Sean? It's a Betty's Paprika sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's like.
0: <laughs> Patricia makes a sandwich, and we get, all we get is this, like, do you like the sandwich? And someone nods and she goes, there's paprika in it,
2: hmm.
1: <laughs> and
0: like smirks, and then we see her make one, and she just slops mayonnaise onto bread, and then we see her closing the bread. So like we have no idea what's on the sandwich. Right. I mean, right.
2: paprika is a very it's a highly valued spice in some Eastern European countries. It's,
1: <laughs> it's good, but mayonnaise plus paprika isn't a sandwich. It's also, Give me some turkey. Man. Also, like John McVoy does a great job in this movie. He acting. does he a does phenomenal an insane job. He is, it's so,
2: James. I thought it was John. James McAvoy.
0: Oh, did you just say oh, John McAvoy? Oh, sorry.
2: I'm sorry, James.
0: John Jacob Jingle He McAvoy. He'll
2: also accept Jimmy and old, J- old, I'll call him James. Old Jimmy McAvoy. Yeah.
1: James McAvoy. Yes. He does a great job, so when he says, there's paprika on it, and smirks, you immediately get this dastard, you're like, oh my god, what did he do this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. poisoned it. Something's yeah, wrong. Uh-huh. And all he did was just put paprika on it. He did, actually. <laughs> but it's like, but he does such a good job playing this, like, Uh, None like, like, stone faced personality. Yeah. Well,
2: to be fair, every personality he plays is amazing. It's really, yeah, no, he does a great job the whole time.
1: But every time he's switching from Hedwig to Dennis, one of the suppressed personalities is sending an email to dr karen at like midnight when dennis like goes midnight. to sleep, yeah. yeah and just saying like urgent we have to meet uh while the girls are all kidnapped he will go and meet with the doctor as masquerading as barry it's dennis masquerading as barry so he dresses up in barry's clothes and tries to act like barry and do an accent yep but he still has slight <clears throat> personality characteristics that give him away the emails are uncharacteristic yep. and karen is onto it so she's observing him and noticing like this is not barry the very first time he walks into karen's office you see barry reach over
0: and position a candy bowl directly in the center of a table and that's referencing back to dennis's ocd right and he does that a couple times and then she later brings it up yeah she's like you repositioned
1: this bowl twice i know you're dennis it's okay you don't have to lie to me like i'm here to help you literally here to help you. Yeah, she was like, I want to know why you're here. Like, obviously, you're threatened by something. I'm not trying to push you out. I just want to know, like, what's going on in your life.
0: That's another thing to bring up, is that we find out that Dennis and Patricia, these are his, uh, what are called, protector alters. Yeah. So, these are the ones that, you know, in times of stress, can step in and are there to protect the remaining alters that are part of the system. Right.
1: Right. And that's why they've been suppressed, though, because their tactics can be unconventional. Right. So... Yeah, that's true. Unethical.
2: Did unethical. Kenan, did you read at any point about one identity masquerading as another identity?
0: Not in what I have read. I tried to do a little bit of reading on a Reddit uh, subreddit that's associated with this, where people can come in and talk about their experiences. And it seemed like there were some people who had experiences where identities would do things or alters would do things that are uncharacteristic sometimes Mm -hmm. even though it was actually the altars doing that this movie kind of presupposes that each of the individual altars are keeping secrets and there's major confrontation between all like some of the altars and things like that i'm not sure if we can make that comparison between the two of them
2: yeah but i i was curious about if if you would if you had just seen any uh personal stories about that type of yeah. uh It seems a little
1: bit manufactured for the movie.
2: I would me, agree. Yeah. But I don't know.
0: I would say that probably the best answer is I don't know if there would be an impetus for it in a system that in which all the alters are working together. Correct.
1: Yes. Um. So, again, so Karen's trying to help him. And the, the reason they show this in the movie, she's really an advocate for people with DID. Like, she... Kevin is the only patient you see of hers. I think you see one lady walking out of a door one time, but she's not important in the movie. Oh, God. She, I didn't even see that. But she presumably, like, works. I assume she just didn't have any work. <laughs> Remember, because then she's with her old lady friend watching Wheel of Force. Oh, and she's that's like, right. like, I don't like those people and stuff. Yeah, that's so, right. So the whole thing is Karen is really trying to show that, like, it's a disorder, but it's a real thing, and it's not a problem. These people are interesting people. Like, these, they sort of... This is where the movie, they start painting the altars in a sort of, like... Supernatural, supernatural light. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I think that it's. I think it's safe to say that Dr. Fletcher has what could be considered an unhealthy infatuation with the disorder that I think at certain points kind of compromises her work. If we
0: presuppose what this movie makes us in that alternate personalities or alters can literally give you superpowers, that she's not completely off base because
1: right. Because yes. Which we definitely will address yeah. in a minute because that is one of the more like stretching, non-scientific it's things. It's kind of right. outlandish.
0: But she basically, about midway through the movie, you know, using some things that have been seen with patients with DID as a basis, gives a suggestion that patients with uh, DID might be
1: able to completely change their physiology and become more than human. Right. Right. We should just dive into this now, because this is really one of her main things. Like, yes, yeah, so it's she, kind of the meat and potatoes. And of especially, that. like, this is why she's so motivated to, like, help Dennis, and she really does try and connect with him on, like, a serious level. Like, she's not necessarily lying to him. She is interested in helping, and she does want to know, like... Yeah. She knows that the different personalities have different physical manifestations, and you notice the entire time that, like, Dennis wears glasses... And none of the other personalities wear glasses. And these are real prescription glasses. And the whole idea is that when he's in this personality, he literally needs glasses to see. Yep. Which, from what it seems like to me as a scientist, and yep. this is based on like my knowledge of the way your body works in general. It seems like BS to me. Yep. That's a thing. I could see that when you are in different personality states your brain is going to be in different states and your brain does have a lot of, it's called top down control, meaning that your brain will control lower level systems of your body. Like yeah. Lower level being not in your brain. There is feedback between your brain and those system. So you could expect there to be some differences, but like not that extreme. So you're you saying know? like, maybe we can give two examples, right? One of the things that's mentioned in the movie is that
0: uh, it's mentioned that a woman in Germany is completely blind, um, is diagnosed with DID and then it's after fully, fully developing her DID, it's shown that three of her alters regain the ability to see. And then there's the argument that her optic nerves regenerated. Which
1: is crazy. It's just bananas. Because that the reason it's bananas is because you would think that if your optic nerve has the ability to regenerate and cure your blindness... That would happen in people without DID that are blind, right? In well, some it, well, it
0: almost implies some sort of psychosomatic control over the right. regeneration of your optical. Right, which
1: is not a, thats not how your brain
2: I, I think that I think what it comes down to is something that what Doctor Fletcher says in the film is that there's only certain limitations as to what a human being can become. As Sean said, you're, you, there is kind of a top-down uh, aspect as to how your body responds to the signals that it's brain, that your brain is sending to it. But this is not going to allow one to regenerate a, you know, deteriorated optic nerve.
0: But I I would make the argument just based on reading, right? That, like, things like perception like maybe you work on the sean the taste a, perception a lot
1: of your perception yeah. your sensory systems that is where you can get some modulation yeah because your perception of something is just your interpretation of
0: your surroundings correct so like different alters could absolutely think that one thing tastes good and uh, one alter could think one exactly. thing tastes good and yeah i think so think that and again terrible. like
1: vision is a sensory system yeah but regenerating the optic nerve is totally different correct. than like your visual color preferences and stuff right. like that. Right. You're not gonna have like, oh, one altar is colorblind, the other one's not, because that is like an actual genetic disorder in one of your cone or your uh cones. Yeah. Like that's not going to change between personalities. Right. Correct. You can't you can't
0: you can't fix your genes right. in one altar and then break them again and, going back to the And another this is where
1: altar. in the movie they like don't make this distinction. They're like anything can happen with these like right, who right. knows? The sky is the limit with right. these different books. Yes. <laughs> like people when This is a a little different, but you know when people take different sort of recreational drugs like PCP, right? There are documentations of them being exhibiting like super strength that they wouldn't normally have. It's not that they don't normally have that uh, that strength, but the inhibition and like the pain reception and the muscle tiredness, you're just not getting that sensory information. You're not sending the same signals to to your brain. Like your brain isn't processing it the same way, so you're behaving differently. But there's still an upper limit to what your muscles intrinsically can do. That's why, they, like you say, they
2: typically hurt themselves. Right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Right. And most of the time they hurt themselves and they don't realize until afterwards.
2: Well, it's kind of like, you know, if you're running a race, like your your limit is only, like your, your mind is, is holding you back from, yeah. from actually running faster. It's not that you can't run faster it's that you think you can't run faster. Um, but there's still only... So much that your body can do. Yeah, like if and. you don't
0: eat while running a marathon and you haven't trained that way, you're going to collapse Correct. because your body's not used to utilizing energy the same way. No matter
2: how hard you want to. Right,
1: right. But so she's confronting Kevin. She's like, I know you're Dennis. It's fine. And I know you're here to protect people. Dennis basically decides to trust her. And he comes out and he says like, okay, you got me. I'm Dennis. And he starts telling her about the beast, which she has heard about before in their talks. And you don't hear about this till now. So the Beast, uh, and this is just according to Hedwig, Dennis, and Patricia, all the other altars believe in the Beast, but they've never, like, they just believe in it because apparently Dennis and Patricia and Hedwig have,
2: like, told them about it. As an idea. As an idea.
1: Basically, what the Beast is, is a 24th altar that is almost superhuman in a sense so the beast is like this evil being it wants to devour so it wants to like eat innocent young women for some reason Right, And it has, like, you know, it can climb on surfaces, like, it can climb up walls, it's super strong and has, like, yeah. super thick skin that makes it, like, impenetrable to different things. She
0: even tries to get a little scientific and says that, like, oh, their skin is able to utilize even the slightest bit of friction to hold themselves close to a wall in order to climb up right. it. which is, know, doesn't make any sense. Like, but... Japanese horror movie style, basically. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: She's asking uh, Dennis, he's like, no, I haven't met the beast, but I believe that it's real. And she says, like, even though you can, she's a proponent of all these different personalities causing different physical manifestations. But she's like, there's only so much that can happen, which is true. Right. Also, some of the stuff she said before is already too much. But yeah. anyways. Right. <laughs> um, and so she's like. She's backpedaling. But Dennis has, feels like she's on his side, yeah. you seem like you understand, like, come visit me at my place tomorrow and, like, we can talk. Yeah. And, because Dennis is very much in charge right now. And he'll switch back and forth with Patricia and Hedwig, but Dennis is, like, the primary personality here. And so the girls are trying to escape. They realize that time is running out. They're all in separate rooms. They've made several escape attempts, like, trying to get away from Patricia. And Patricia, like, pulled a knife on her, caught her. Like, they haven't been able to get away. Right. One key escape attempt uh, before... The Doctor comes to me is when um, Casey, the main girl, she's with Hedwig in his room.
0: Yeah, uh, Hedwig says he likes to listen to Kanye West
1: in (laughs) his room
0: and jam out next to the window. And she's like, oh, a window, da-da-da, and they go Uh in there. And then there's like a... 30 to 45 second far too long scene where James McAvoy as a nine-year-old kid is just hamming out to Kanye West. No, it's or, like, it's it was not. He it was not. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it was, yeah. but Some either way, of EDM. either way, he's just like going wild in this room while us, the audience and Casey are all
1: just staring at it. Just watching him dance. Yep. At the end, she goes, wow. And he's like, I know. <laughs> yeah. and then she's and so getting a little conflict with him she's like oh there was a window he's like why do you want to escape etc like yeah. is there a, he says etc a lot and, and it's good. very good yeah so he's like you trying to escape etc yeah
0: and she's able to like <laughs> talk him down and and say oh you know hold on you said there was something cool that you wanted to show me in your room like is, what's the cool thing and hedwig is hedwig goes well here and reaches over and he grabs a walkie-talkie and just Pushes it into her hands and says, "It's Den- I stole it from Dennis. I stole it from Dennis. He Dennis, doesn't know. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't know. So she turns this thing on and she's trying to scan through the different channels. She turns it up. Uh, is listening to static the whole time. Hedwig, who is at this point again still a nine-year-old boy, is coming at her like trying to get her to stop. He slaps her. Defends it, like fends him off. No problems because in this movie again we're show we're shown the. Strength representation based on who's currently controlling the body. Right. And Hedwig is the weakest alter in Kevin like physically because he's nine years old. Exactly. So she slaps him. He's like, "Ow, damn it!" Starts crying. Walks away. Is like crouched over the dresser. She gets in contact with a guard at
1: the front desk. Yeah. She's with, like, "I'm being trapped in a basement. Yeah. Call the police. Help me." And he's like, "Is this right. Deborah? <laughs> Deborah, stop! Are stop you messing, messing with, with me? me? Yeah. Yeah."
0: He's like, "He's like, oh, just tell." Jeb or whatever that I still have his orange, uh, orange headphones and I'm keeping them. I'll give them back eventually. Yeah, and then just stops communicating whatsoever. Right, because he thinks it's
2: like a joke or something. Yeah, or he no? thinks it's yeah. he thinks it's a
1: joke, and she keeps playing with him, and then Dennis is now reemerged and yep. he grabs the walkie-talkie. He takes it from her and just turns it off. it's yep. just giving her this icy stare. The I think time.
2: doesn't say uh, a word, Patricia. Who does that? Oh, is it Patricia? I'm pretty sure. Oh. It who, might have been. Oh, it over. is because then yeah, she
0: walks in, walks yeah. her down the hallway, makes her fold her hands in front of her. Correct. Yeah. Scream shame behind her while holding, <laughs> Basically. while holding a candle. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. That
1: was weird. Now all the girls are locked up separately and they're all on the naughty list because they've all tried to escape in some way. Exactly. And I guess at this point... Karen comes to visit, right? Are we at that?
0: We are. I do want to touch on something that gets addressed a couple of times early on in the movie, which is uh, Casey's relationship with her father and her uncle. That's a good point. Uh, Because we get a few flashbacks a few times, because it's implied fairly strongly throughout the film that Casey has had trauma in her past. Yeah. um, And that this is going to be brought up at some point later on in the movie. Um, But we find out basically that... Uh, Her dad has been training Casey how to hunt just as, like, a fun father bonding thing. She's getting pretty good. On one of their hunting trips, Casey's gross uncle uh, entices her into the woods and gets her to, like, take her clothes off and pretend to be animals. Like, it's very... Weird and terrible and awful. Yeah. And this is like a source of trauma for Casey throughout the movie. And it doesn't go in any more depth than that, but it doesn't have to. Yeah. And we later find out that, oh, and there's one point where he comes back out of the woods and she confronts him with a shotgun, this teeny tiny Casey. Yeah. And all three of us are like, yeah, get him. (laughs) Yeah, get him. He's awful. Uh, And then she doesn't. And so we find out later that her dad dies and her uncle now has... Uh, guardianship over her right uh, and so this has been just a constant thing for her yeah since she was a kid
1: so she's been living with her abuser since she was a little girl which is terrible. and presumably still being abused yep which is key to the plot later so
2: yeah
1: girls are all locked up yep. Dr. Karen comes she doesn't know any of this crazy shit with the beast like she hears talk about the beast but she's like this is some weird story she's Dennis is literally here to visit Kevin. yeah she's here to visit yeah she comes in she sits down with Dennis he's like I haven't had many visitors like have a seat. Have and a mayonnaise and paprika. Have a sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> and then he gets very serious and tells her, like, I know I told you I haven't met the beast before, but I have. And he's real. Yeah. And he's a new altar. And, and I believe in him. I um, believe in him and he's gonna keep us safe. And yeah. she was like, The beast wants to devour the young and stuff like this is not cool. She brings up that he's mentioned in the past in,
0: in previous sessions that the beast specifically eats innocent girls again,
1: and then you can see the wheels just start turning uh-huh. in Karen's head. Right. Yeah. And there's been, you know, the town sort of knows that three girls have gone missing. It's been in the news. Yep. Um. But so she's, like, a little freaked out, and then she slyly goes, like, well, okay, like, this is good. I'd like to take notes on this, so can we meet yeah. t- tomorrow, and I'll take notes on it. And to which he was like, is excited about. No problem. Like, that's okay, great. Well, you're I'm leave. glad you're excited about, like, hearing what I have to say about this. Yep. <laughs> she shoves... She takes hey. her handkerchief
0: out of her
1: pocket, I guess, <laughs> I guess, like out
0: of her cardigan, and just slyly shoves it into the bolt hole mm-hmm. for the door. But also, like, leaves a solid two inches of it sticking out, and then turns about, turns around, and goes, "Dennis, can I use your bathroom?" And he's like, "Sure, no problem." And then you, <laughs> in the shot, you just see like. Two inches of handkerchief sticking out of yeah, the hole. Right. In real life, Dennis would have been like, what are you doing to my door?
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> especially because he's the personality with obsessive-compulsive he disorder. He would just see it. He literally gave the girls a bucket of cleaners to make sure they keep the bathroom floor clean. Yep. Yes. Like, he was like, hey, clean up your stuff. Orange is for the toilet. Uh, boy was for the same Ceramic surfaces. Yeah.
2: And, yeah. <laughs> so, so then yeah. the... Detective Karen, now Detective Karen, yep. you know, with her feigned bathroom trip.
0: Oh, I have to pee.
2: Discovers the favorite. discovers one of the girls in one of the side rooms yep. off of the bathroom. Yep. Uh, and this is when all hell breaks loose.
1: Ha- hey, it finally happened. Yep. It happened, boys. Right. Of course, Dennis is right behind her. He, she opens the door, sees yep. the girl lying on the floor, and she's like, help. And then Dennis is just like, shut Karen and yeah. then just meets a hand gas. into his
0: utility belt, pulls out his knockout gas, and psh. yeah,
1: she's like, "This yeah. isn't right, it's wrong." And he's like, "Don't worry," psh.
0: he says, "like bedtime or I don't. What do you say? Night night. night, night. night.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, sweet but,
1: dreams, <laughs> sweet dreams, see you now. What? So, I know. So he uh, knocks her out. Yep, all hell breaks loose, basically. Yeah. Um, there's or-
0: some weird scene where. Patricia. Patricia, yeah, he goes. She goes and buys flowers, mm-hmm.
2: right? They're, yeah. they're, I think they're from Dennis to Patricia. Like, I was actually wondering Dennis about buys that. them, and then he takes the glasses off, and Patricia's like, "Oh, thank you." And then she oh, has the flowers. That's, yeah.
0: See, that's a subtlety. I did almost notice. kind of like it,
2: like like we did it, like an accomplishment. Yeah, like and then. Uh, you know, Dennis is, is traveling around the city. It looks like it's New York or some large metropolitan area. It's me- Philly, okay. A yeah. large metro- metrop- metropolitan area. It's
0: not Boston. No public transportation. Um,
2: <laughs> and so <laughs> then he goes to the, the subway, the yep. local subway. It's implied that it's late. It's late as night. There's Dennis. just because it's, it's an empty train.
0: Right. De- Dennis first fronts, then uh, he puts his glasses back on. He sets the flowers down on the outside of the subway train, goes inside, removes his clothing, and then.
1: Turns into Mister Hyde, right? Which is it is interesting. They keep describing the beast as being like hairy and having like long fingers. Yeah, and like a werewolf. All these things, like a werewolf. He's still James. He's McElroy. just sweaty, James. He McElroy. just has a lot of veins. So, like, There's he's a very I think there, vascular. There are McElroy. definitely
2: some some clear some clear changes in in his in his biology, like with the with the protruding. Veins, which I I guess would just makes me think of just like a constant like houses. a yeah. constant fight or flight response that he's experiencing. Mm-hmm. You
0: know what? And the other thing too, it's clear that James McAvoy got absolutely ripped for this role because he just wears completely concealing clothing yeah. the entire. That's time. what I was thinking the entire yeah. time. He's yeah.
1: purposely concealed so that when he goes into the beast, he just form, looks, he monstrous. looks monstrous right. because yeah. he is just ripped exactly. So. Yeah, but true. So, and the whole reason he goes to a train, by the way, there's some reference with him being, like, it's the last time he saw his mom or something, him being abused by uh, his in. uh Kevin's dad left on a train. Oh, okay, yeah. Kevin's dad left on a train and, and that's and left she, him with his
0: abusive mother. She even mentions, Karen mentions in one of their sessions that each one of his personalities are in this uh, construction, this structure in Kevin's head, which is apparently not uncommon. There. And we've
1: never talked to Kevin this entire time. Oh, yeah, not at all. Yeah. So.
0: But yeah, so he has this structure in his head, which apparently mol- several people with DID, a lot of people with DID, will actually form, like, mind palaces, basically, where these people will hang out, but the Beast doesn't live there, and he mentions, oh, the Beast lives in the train yard. So then we get that symbolism later, like you mentioned, as he goes to a subway, transforms into the Beast.
1: Right. So now he's at the Beast, he's running full speed, climbing up the train wall, like, climbing up walls, kind of Jumping I mean, fences, very unrealistically, yeah, but, like... like Running, running, really running fast. at normal
0: human speed. <laughs> yeah, to,
1: to go get back to the girls to eat them. So right now, like all three girls are locked up, and Karen has been hit with knockout gas. So the beast then shows up. She like starts coming to, and grabs a pencil, a pencil, a and pencil. starts scribbling on a piece of paper I'm and writing new pencil. Yeah, and then realizes that the beast is here. He's standing right there. Yeah, he basically just picks her up. And just starts crushing her until her ribs crack. And then he just crushes her lungs and she dies. So beastly. It's pretty beastly. Yeah. Literally
2: crushes her to death. Yeah, he's just
1: holding her and she's like she's like old. Like she's in her seventies. Yeah. yeah, It's just like it just breaks her. I don't know like how old an old person would have to be for me to hug them to death, but You could definitely it's a feasible thing that a human could do that. Yeah. It's just you know done so in a very dramatic way well so if you were to have to estimate how for yourself
0: right how old do you think an old person would have to be for you to be able to like, crush them by hugging how old are you because uh, i think um, i can take you you think you can crush me by no, i'm hugging? joking i think i could <laughs> i don't know very, very old yeah i would think so too
1: yeah like 105.
2: I'll be a hundred and five. I'll be honest to both of you. I've never thought before about the idea of hugging someone to death. Hey,
1: I'll be honest with you too. Please. I hadn't either. <laughs> hey, you know what? Well, that's why we watch split, right? Yeah. No,
2: that's, no, not, that's
1: not why we watch, we watch split. Watch split. Kevin. <laughs> oh, that's why I watch split. Okay. Uh, keep a watch on Kevin. Anyway.
0: So, so he hugs her to death. She falls to the ground and then we cut back to Winona. Sorry. We cut back to Casey cook. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Casey has made it out of her room yeah,
1: right. she's discovered a computer yep. with log files of all, like, journal entries of all the different personalities. Oh, and
0: just to be clear, she found a nail earlier, and then I guess picked the lock with it. Yeah, she picks yeah. the first lock.
1: She's behind two locked doors, so she picked the first lock, and now she's in another locked room that has, like, Barry's clothing all hung up and computer entries from different altars.
0: Which, I mean, I guess, much like Skyrim, her lockpick was destroyed while picking the first lock. Because she definitely just doesn't have it and doesn't use it to pick the second lock yeah. to get out of the room. It's a good point. It's,
1: it's yeah. exactly like Skyrim. Yeah. Sorry,
0: I, <laughs> sorry, I guess you destroy them when trying to pick the lock. The final one doesn't break. When it... Oh my
1: god.
0: Either way, so she finds his computer <laughs> and it has all these clips of each one of his personalities.
1: Uh-huh. Right. She's just watching these personalities. This is when she's realizing full on, like, he's got a bunch of different personalities. There are all these personalities that seem like normal people. Yeah. Right. And... They're not the ones that I've seen. It serves to it
0: serves to fill in a lot of the James McAvoy's character
1: subplot, like like him having all of these. Yeah, people. he's supposed to have twenty three, and we only see four in
2: the movie. But so this is actually a pretty important point in the yeah. of the the scope of understanding the disease as well. The majority of James McAvoy's alters. Pretty much work together pretty well. Yeah, They're yeah. very, very different, and very you know, some are flamboyant, some are a little more reserved, some are more one of those like yeah, one's a historian, right? <laughs> and stuff. Uh, you know, th- for all for all intents and purposes, they're pretty normal. But they're a team. they're a functioning system. Yeah, right? yeah. Aside from these couple bad eggs. Yep. Yeah.
1: And so while she's watching these journals, she's watching Barrys, who's the primary guy, and he ends his journal entry. He's like, "Well, um, I'm kind of concerned about all all these things, but I gotta go talk to the. I'm gonna go go on a walk and think about what's going on." A quick. And she sees in the video he grabs his hat off the rack and grabs his keys, which are sitting on the coat rack. And she turns around, and there's the coat rack of all of his clothes behind her. And she pulls his hat off, and there's a ring of keys there. Yep. So she's like. I'm out. I'm, I'm getting the hell out of, out of here. here. Yeah. So there's a whole fight scene. Not fight scene, but just a chase scene. She gets out. She's trying to get her friends out. She opens the first door and is like, Kate or whatever her name is. Mar, Marcia. 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 And she sees her Maria. laying there yeah. and then re- looks and like the camera pans over and her like intestines are spilled out. Like she's been like devoured. Yeah. And she's got she a big tummy wound. Yeah. The
0: she's- beast the beast, the
2: beast ate her. Two, ate the other her. two girls basically are at least takes eats large portions of their flesh.
1: Yeah, she tries to rescue the other girl, yeah. and she sees her being devoured yeah, by yeah. the beast. Causes enough damage through ingestion to kill them. Right. Yeah.
2: So then uh, the beast begins the pursuit. Of Casey, yep.
0: yeah, who runs into the
1: kitchen or the living the, room, whatever room. Yeah, his living room. room. Yeah, his ba- his other basement room. They're all like, <laughs> dread, like dark. They're all basement in a basement. Rooms. Yeah, that's true. Um, basement and room four. The beast comes in. He's about to get her, and she sees on this piece of paper. It says, "Kendall, no, Kevin, What's Wendell, um, Crum." It says, "Use his name." or oh, say his name say his name Kevin Wendell Crone exactly and it's we
0: obviously are meant to know that the, the Karen wrote this down right on this desk and yeah.
1: she mentions before something like I can say your name and like bring Kevin back but I don't, I'm not gonna do that to hurt you when she's talking to one of the she meetings. uses it as like a trust mechanism yeah for, right for, uh, yeah. so Dennis. she says his full name And you see the beast sort of, like, start staggering, he's falling, and, like, he's, like, sort of losing himself, and then this guy walks out, like, wrapped in a blanket, like... What did I do? Hey, what's... what happened? What here is it? The actual
2: Kevin emerges, and Kevin's been hidden for two and a half years. Right. Yeah, assuming this movie takes place when it was on, released. On January 26th, yes. 2016. Yeah. Yes. And he says like, is it
1: still September 2014? Yeah. And she's like, no. No, not at all. And you get an insight into his past yeah. where like his mom, he's hiding under a bed and his mom has like a coat hanger and is like yelling his full name. Yep. Trying to like hit him. She says, Kevin Kevin Wendell Wendell Crumb, Crumb, you made a mess, mess. get out here. And she
0: repeats it over and over again. And he's
1: hiding from her. So when you say his full name, it's like bringing back this traumatic thing and triggering his personality.
2: Which we know at that time he was three years old. Right. uh, Because that's when Dennis was born, which was uh, in response to the abusive nature of his mother. And that's also Um, why he's OCD. And that's also why he's OCD and why he's so particular about everything being perfect.
0: Yep. Right. I, I think Dennis mentions it was useful for preventing her from paying attention to him, basically. Right, right.
1: And um, so Kevin comes out, and he's only here for like a minute. And he says, like, what did I do? The girls obviously, like, crying and scared. And yeah. He knows he did something bad. I like, yeah. Did I hurt you? Yeah. yeah. And she said yes. And he just says, kill me. There's a shotgun behind you, and I have ammo in this in Locker, the lockers down the hall. Down yeah. the hall. And right as soon as he finishes, excuse me, saying that, Gross. Barry comes back, Hedwig comes back, oh, yeah, Patricia he cycles comes back, through, he starts cycling yeah. through a bunch of personalities. Actually, it gets to
0: Hedwig, yeah. initially. Yeah. And it's like a preface to, oh, the other two are going to come back and then the Beast will come back. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you messed up. You shouldn't have tried. Like, oh, you're afraid of me. They were right. They'll see how powerful we are. Mm -hmm. And they were like,
1: and she says Kevin's name again, full name. They're like, Kevin's gone. Like, he's not coming back. Kevin can't hear you right now. Yeah, basically. Come play with us. Kevin can't (laughs) hear you. Kevin can't come to the phone right now. (laughs) So as she sees this transformation happening, she grabs the shotgun and starts running to find the shells. Because she knows it's like live or die now it's like shoot to kill game beast is coming the beast is loose loose. and so there's this scene she's in the basement she's got the ammo she's holding the gun and the beast is doing a lot of like superhuman feats like just crawling on the ceiling and like punching out light bulbs and stuff to make it very dark and scary fighting gaston and this whole time like she's losing articles of clothing basically like throughout the movie dennis has made her remove different articles of clothing because they've gotten dirty (laughs) But she wears a lot of shirts, and they Hedwig says something like, oh, you wear a lot of shirts. So she's with the Beast. She ends up shooting him twice with a shotgun, yeah. and he's obviously hurt, but not dead and not slowed down, really. He's slowed down for a minute. Yeah. And then he stands up, and he grabs the bars of this metal cage she's barricaded himself in, yeah. and just starts pulling the bars Samsoning apart. Samsoning them apart.
2: Because he's super strong now. Which we should probably just say that if his bodily muscle mass was not capable of... Moving those metal bars. Yeah, he would
1: have been able to do it. He He would not have been able to do
2: it, no matter what changed... No matter what altar he was present at that time.
1: Also, if he wasn't made of mithril... Uh, two shotgun blasts at point blank <laughs> would
2: have just gone right through him. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. Like, he didn't make hardened skin out of nothing. So no, you didn't even see his health bar move. <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> it's right.
2: Not convinced.
1: It was. It was like a. It was not very effective. Let's no, put it that it way. So, <laughs> yeah, Winona okay. uses shotgun blast. It's not very effective. <laughs> might as well just use tail whip. Whoops. So she shoots him twice. She's out of ammo. It looks like. The end is near, and as she's, like, he actually does a scene where he, like, in the chase, he grabs her, takes a bite out of her leg, she loses Mm -hmm. one of her shirts, she's got, like, a tank top on, and then he sees her, and looks at her, and realizes that she's got all these scars from past abuse. Yeah, they look like, like they look like either self-inflicted wounds, or, uh... or... but so you don't really know if it's self inflicted or not inflicted, but obviously she's been dealing with abuse, and this is the first time that like the beast sees this. Yeah. and his whole thing was that he was going to devour the innocent and like the unbroken the people, people who people. haven't experienced yeah. trauma, right? And he's yelling at yelling this at her the entire the time entire time, chasing, before yeah. he's about to kill her. These like crazy ideologies. So he sees that she's experienced trauma. His demeanor changes. And he leaves her alone. He's he like, leaves the room. Yeah, he's like, you've already dealt with us. Yeah. So I'm out. Bye! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so he just leaves, and that's it. And then the next scene is like a guy coming down there uh letting her out of the basement turns out she's been at the zoo the entire time yep. he's like whoa what are you doing down here you're, See, you're not an animal walks her up to the guy with the orange headphones like call the police and he's like oh shit that whoopsie. <laughs> joke. oh my god and so they call the police like she's got a bite wound in her leg like yep. she hasn't eaten probably well in days they like, put aluminum foil socks on her feet <laughs> it does look like that and it's
0: clear that this is like the this is there's the falling action there's you know we're done everything's fine yeah. kevin's yeah. gone like yeah. no one knows where he is they
1: didn't catch him or anything he just left kevin's out and bye kevin basically you find out you know the police are like your uncle's here to get you and you're like oh fuck the uncle's still the yeah, picture because you don't yeah. really know like you know he becomes our guardian but she's like three and you're hoping like maybe this abuse is over and she's like the police officer's like are you ready your uncle's here and you can she just gives her a blank stare and yeah like yeah I can't wait to I, go it looks like abuse.
0: I, I, and maybe this was just me being excited for the that possibility the cop like, the cop, name, like sees like yeah. uh there's something else going on here because yeah. she like the cop like leans further into the cop car yeah. and looks at her but mm-hmm. then the
1: scene cuts away Yeah. and I'm really hoping that the cop was like I know what's up the cop goes gonna, inside uncle. and shoots the un- uncle John that'd be great twice. his name is John right Yeah, Yeah. that would be great. But that doesn't happen. So now there's like this last one minute scene of the movie where this movie is apparently like the sequel to Unbreakable. Yeah, oh oh my god. It doesn't, I didn't see Unbreakable. Pace didn't see Unbreakable. I I did and I enjoyed Unbreakable. Right, but this has really nothing to do with Unbreakable. The ending of this movie, tying it back into Unbreakable
0: and making this into a trilogy was one of the most ham-fisted things I've ever seen in my entire life because for the entire movie, like if you, the scene of the cop, if you just had rolled credits right there, this movie would stand alone completely. And there was no reference at all to anything in Unbreakable that I can remember there. Maybe there is some mention of the beast or the Horde or Kevin or Detective Karen, but I don't remember any of that stuff. But then there's this last scene where they cut to a diner. They talk in the news about Kevin who's been renamed the Horde. They say that the, the, the beast is like an amalgamation of all of these animals that were at the zoo. Or something like that. Like he's become some sort of super zoo animal. Yeah. Uh, and then someone at the bar leans forward. It's just like, that's like this one crazy old man that's in a wheelchair that was in jail for a while, but now isn't.
1: <laughs> that's basically word for word what she says. What
0: is his name? And then it cuts just to the left of her. And Bruce Willis is sitting there and he's like. Dr. Glass. And she she literally goes,
1: thanks, and then walks away. He might as yeah. well have just put on shades and just rode off into the sunset. <laughs> after that. Like, you have, I have no idea, especially having not seen Unbreakable, it seems like that last minute was just like, the worst writing I've it ever made, seen. Yeah, 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 exactly. Sense. But the rest of the movie was very good, but it's, it's actually just one minute. Like, if they just cut that yeah. out, I, I don't get it. It's it's weird. So. If you had
0: changed a couple of the names and just picked up the credits and put them in front of the scene and you saw it on TV, you would think, oh, split's over. What's this new show that's starting? Yeah. <laughs>
1: and there is one, like, small cutscene where, you know, Kevin is sitting there talking in the mirror and it's really just Dennis, Patricia, and Hedwig. Yep. They're talking in the mirror and they're still covered in blood. They have this shotgun wound and they're like, it didn't even go through us. Yeah. This is amazing like if you believe in the beast then yeah. you have the powers of the exactly beast, which is
0: they're like now they'll see us for who we really are so master.
1: far beyond a personality thing i don't even it's like supernatural superhero right. sort of yeah weird kind of things yeah. but, finally we will reveal ourselves to the jedi right i guess they're just like setting it up that like he's still at large and yeah there's going to be another movie
0: there's an implication that uh bruce willis as Mr. Unbreakable. Uh, I don't remember his name. <laughs> it's Dr. Unbreakable. Uh, it's, it's actually Tim Breakable. Tim Breakable. <laughs> yeah. He is going to be the superhero, and Dr. Glass is somehow involved. Like, Samuel Jackson's character from Unbreakable is somehow involved in the story that will feature James McAvoy's character, the Beast or the Horde, as the primary antagonist. Right. And, and another movie is... that's just going to be called Glass.
1: Right. And it's so not relevant to this movie or to the science that, like, I guess it doesn't matter for our rating perspective, but it was very weird, yeah. which we should get into right now. Rapsire, iron, rap, iron. beep 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 beep. Let's do it.
0: Bark 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 bark. All
1: right, that was our bre- breaking over the wire here. We got a rating <laughs> coming in from Canada. We're live on the scene of the real science. Okay, Pop- we, can't, we can't, we can't. I don't want to do my time. No, there, you already
0: did it. You already did it. Why don't you lead us off with the rating, since you've been talking all the time?
1: I, I do talk a lot. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm sorry, voice. guys. Do I Jesus. talk too much? Yeah, you do. Oh, it's okay, though. Well, now I don't care because Space is being a dick about it. So. I think he
0: called you Jesus.
1: Oh, thanks. You talk so much, so
2: well. All right, so much. my rating for Pace this movie... Voice. It's so velvety. It's
1: really interesting because I actually like this movie, and I think one of the main reasons I really liked it is that it's different than a lot of the movies I watch because I'm not... Yeah. I like thrillers, but I don't watch a lot of horror-style movies. Um, this was a nice refreshing change of pace. So I give the movie a four out of five. I wanted to give it a five out of five, but there are some aspects that I'm sort of like, you know, what's happening here. Like yeah, maybe it could yeah. have been done a little bit better. I think that entertaining wise, I would definitely watch it again. It's a really good movie. I recommend that everybody should watch it, but I'm giving it a four out of five. As far as the science goes in the movie, I think that it was an interesting concept playing with these different, like using these different personalities. Um, One of the controversies with this movie was that they portray some of these personalities as being, like, uber violent, which sort of paints the community in a very bad light, which is not normally the case for people. They don't have, like, oh, one of my personalities is a serial killer. Yeah. It's just not normally a thing.
0: And just as a whole, it falls into a bad movie trope that has existed in that it villainizes mental illness.
1: Right. Which is because, like, it's very hard to understand as someone without it, someone not dealing with it. Like, it's very... It can be very scary... To see someone behaving with different personalities if you don't understand what's going on. Which I can understand, especially if someone who has this would view this as gimmicky, in a sense. Right. And also like negative for their whole community. Because they don't probably already have to deal with people being uncomfortable with them. So, regardless of that, I think some of the science was was good with the way they compartmentalized these different things. Had the amnesia and stuff like that. Um, So, I'm going to give it a... 2.5 Two point five. Oh, can you can you round this round that up or change no, the rating I scale or? Nope. He wants to do half. And I gave it a two point five out of five. That's, okay, that's All my right. rating. That's fine with me. But you can rate it differently. How did you rate it? I think
0: I will rate it differently. Sean, there, are
1: you going to give it a shark out of a ham sandwich or whatever the hell you did last what was time? That? It'd be a mayonnaise and paprika. You sandwich. gave it like a Rob Schneider out of a comedian. It listing. was the animal. Was some weird right? thing. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't make any sense. No, it was a solid <laughs> reference.
0: Uh, I guess I've, having watched. A crap ton of movies I will give you my complaints about the movie first but one of, my, one of my biggest problems is the way that the original identity the original person is not featured prominently in the movie at all for the purposes of the movie it's fine but a lot of other movies have done a very 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 good job of causing the audience to become invested in a person right and invested in their mental illness and why this has happened and why this has been afflicted it gives us a very brief point of that but for me, it happened so quickly. I do not care about Kevin. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel for him in the moment, but the minute he's gone, he's. I don't remember him. All, all I remember is the Beast, and, and, and for all intents and purposes, Kevin is gone, right? He's now this antagonist. And I think the reason why that bothers me so much is because there have been movies like Psycho, for instance, where it's bad and it's terrible, and there is this, like, villainization to a degree, but also the person telling the story makes you feel for the person who's afflicted by this. You,
2: you identify with the with the, the primary identity.
0: Right. Or at the very least you understand where they're coming from and why. Like they in Psycho uh, Mr. Bates is I don't remember his first name his abuse at the hand of his mother is like featured very very prominently in the movie and it's part of the driving force and why he's doing all of this. Yeah. They try to do that in this movie, but I think they fall a little flat for it. So that's like my
1: major problem with the movie. I feel like they were trying to pull a Shyamalan twist on us here. Yeah, they were. They were intentionally keeping details vague so that you were like, oh, it's a kidnapping movie. And like right. then you're like, oh, we're unwinding these different personalities and the, the plot thickens, you know, and they're sort of like, oh, shit, he was abused by his mom. Yeah. That, and that's where the name comes from and stuff like that. If
0: there had been like a a more progressive introduction for Kevin throughout the entire movie, where we see Kevin less and less and less and less. Granted, it would have been a way longer movie and it was already two hours. And we like saw Kevin fading away in a sense. I feel like that would have been better for me, at least in regards to that. Type or even of Barry. Movie. Cause like Barry was really yeah. the pri- almost like his actual personality. He was typically his front facing. Well, he was,
2: he was the extrovert alter. Yeah. So yeah. it made sense that he was the front man all the time. Yeah.
1: He was also Or strong. if Kevin had just been dead the whole time, that would have been fine too.
2: Oh yeah, actually. <laughs> but then then we're back to that that
0: age old age old argument. And I think in one of the articles I'd read, it's the difference between and I mentioned this earlier, but it's the difference between Hannibal and Buffalo Bill in uh, the movie mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs where like Hannibal is a char- like full thinking breathing character, right? And Buffalo Bill is a gimmick. Like he's he's just a feral animal yeah. and his disease has made him made out for him to just be a feral animal you know right, what i mean right, right. so i guess that's that, that weird distinction of full fully realized creation mm-hmm. versus not is what bothered me that and other uh, obviously like the, i feel for some of the people who feel like this demonizes the uh, mental illness so how would you rate it ken so i would give this movie as far as the science is concerned i'm gonna give it a three
1: out of five just mostly because i'm willing to commit the whole numbers because i always have to, i have to be the low score yeah, you have to be. You know what's honestly plagued me this whole time is that I gave Jurassic Park such a low number. I just like all my you things. You feel are terrible. Off. Like I need Jurassic Park to be a five. Anyway, I'll i I'll, <laughs> I'll step
0: down because I only gave it a three out of five so I could antagonize you. I'll say a two out of five. Because wow. I think this, mean. well, you know, what? I'm I don't care. I don't like M Night. Um Woo! I'm just kidding, I love his movies. Well, I love two of his movies. So I think The the science was addressed in this movie. The disorder was addressed in this movie in an interesting way, and they just lose the plot, much like a lot of these movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they go so far in the other direction for me that I can't give it a much higher rating. Okay, so so how about the movie? Do you want me to give you a a real rating for the movie? You gave a science rating. Yeah, but like a good one, or I I, I actually want to know. Tell us how you actually feel about the
2: entertainment factor of the
0: film. All right, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it pickle chips.
2: That makes no sense. you got to ask me why. Why are you no, yeah, giving no, it the no. rating of pickle chips? Don't do Karen? it. Don't
0: indulge him. Because you know how you ever see pickle chips on a stand and you haven't no. eaten pickle chips for no. a really, really long time? No. And you're like, I like pickles and I like chips. No. So I'm going to try these out. And then nope. you eat them and you're like, ah, oh, these not that good. I'm going to nope. wait a year and then maybe try them again. I like pickle chips. I don't know if I want to watch this movie again for a very long time, but I'll probably want to watch it eventually.
2: Okay.
1: So if you had to give it a rating out of one to five, what would you give it? I'd probably four out of five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a little. I mean, like, I like pickle, pickle chips, chips, but four
2: out of five. Okay, peace How would you rate this? That's a great. That's a, that's really good, Kenneth. Thank yeah, you. Super helpful. Um, very relatable time. for people.
0: That's good. For I'm sure, people have tried pickle chip chips.
2: <laughs> for for my ratings, I'm gonna try to play devil's advocate to some of the positions that you guys took for the sake of entertainment. I loved. I loved. I, lo- was good. I yeah. loved the movie. I, I can start off with that first. I'm giving this movie a five out of five for overall enjoyment. Boom! 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 Uh, <laughs> boom I was. Boom, boom, completely engrossed by this film. Um, I've Gross. loved the dynamic of all the different personalities. I found it incredibly entertaining. Um, and so that's that's why I'm giving it a 5 out of 5. I'm, I'm just basing that solely off of the fact of, of how it it drew me in from the first second and I was really strongly invested in all of the characters. (laughs) It really did cut directly Um, to the action. Yeah. So from that, I'm going to go into what's called the science, but I'm just going to go all like, I'm going to talk about how I thought about the the scientific and social applications of this film. You guys brought up that about the the demonization of, of mental illness here. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say in regards to the, the beast's altar, that's absolutely the case. I mean, you're creating some literally an animalistic, crude feature that's associated with a mental illness. Yeah, Obviously, I mean. that's that's aberrant and horrific and not not relevant at all to the actual It's not cool. It's not cool. Not cool but um, not cool. Dennis and Patricia are kind of like the stronger alters here. And mm-hmm. I would say that actually their goals could be viewed as noble for against the negative stigmatization stigmatization so what sigma negative the,
0: <laughs> the negative different <laughs> to be
2: I would say that the goals of Dennis and Patricia even though those are the antagonistic alters are against the negative stigmas associated with mental illness they're trying to prevent People with DID from being viewed in this way.
0: Yeah, and I guess they addressed that in the movie, saying that like finally they'll think we're real. You know, they'll believe yeah, us. They'll believe us. Yeah, they'll yeah. believe
2: that we have this issue, this problem that we're not just making it up. And so they actually might have more in line with the other alters than they might realize. They're just go about it in di- in bad way, different, yeah, bad ways. Um, <laughs> feeding by, little girls to other another altar. which is obviously awful. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to kind of point that out. And in, uh, in regards to in regards to the science, I think that I'm still going to give it. Four out of five. Dang. Uh, because Dang. I think that they 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 were they they left out a few of the nitty gritty details of DID, but I think the the aspects of the um, amnesia and the numbers of personalities that are possible within someone with DID, and just just uh, various aspects highlighting the trauma that is widely thought to be the primary triggering factor for DID. That's all pretty widely accepted in the field. Right. So I I think that was all pretty on point. They took some liberties with some of the with some of the altars, but I was really happy with 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 uh, with the science compared to some of the other films that we've watched.
1: Yeah, I agree so. that it, it does actually help that because it's such a wide spectrum for the disease, they can do a lot of things and it in theory fits in a characteristic of the disease. Like most right. people might not have manifestations like that or even that many personalities or the type of intercommunication between them, but it is theoretically possible within the classifications of this disease. So, yes. yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. I'm still going to stick with my rating because the That's beast fine. thing just made me want well, sure, to knock it down. A lot, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, was, I it was the culmination I of the film point. and it was absurd.
2: Yeah, I um, see your point, though. It was yeah. Good. I just, just, I know we're running short on time here. Just a couple quick things I want to say just about, that I feel like the listeners should know about DID, sure. uh, especially in regards to just what we do for people that have DID. Yeah, 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 The primary way that we kind of like try to approach this as, not me personally, but as psychiatrists and clinicians, is to basically not try to suppress the different alters. Because those alters are there for a reason. They were created for a reason right. by the individual. It's all about creating a synergistic- A community. A community of the different alters. So it's, you know, it's the, the, the stronger alters are important to integrate into the overall personality structure that, that you're trying to help with this person. You want to generate good coping mechanisms with the triggers, which are usually psychosocial stress. Yeah, It's all about creating a stabilization for the individual because of the traumatic past, they experience. So that's the general, you know, the cognitive behavioral therapy yeah, that, and it, that it, is done.
0: It definitely seemed like in looking at Reddit communities and just reading and try. I actually found a podcast that I wanted to listen to that that talks about this. That there's a shift away from viewing this as a personality or a person that has been shattered. So actually, it almost seems like the name dissociative identity disorder, like the an identity that is completely split. Right. Uh huh. uh, Is not as accepted anymore. Wait a second! That's (laughs) the name of the new (laughs) movie. Uh, that is not as accepted anymore. It's that they're actual individual people just inhabiting the same body. And that helps, helps bring forth this idea that like a system is a community and that people shouldn't be afraid of having someone front in a stressful situation. Because it's like if somebody walked up to Sean at the bar and started shoving him, and I was like, hey man, don't push my friend, I'm now fronting for Sean.
2: Well, that's exactly what I thought about. Well, that, that's the way to think about it. But then I even thought about how. Me, myself, if I'm in different social social situations, which is also another movie about DID, ironically, when I'm in particular stressful social situations, I honestly sometimes feel like different aspects of my own personality come forth to deal with it. Not obviously not as different identities, but you know, if I'm in a particular social situation that, that requires a certain set of traits, I'll adapt those traits to deal with it.
0: I mean, you guys make fun of the voice that I use every time I open up the podcast. I have my newscaster, Kenan, comes out. It's <laughs> like,
2: Welcome to the Real Slides Podcast. That's exaggerated. Yeah,
1: that's <laughs> awesome. Hi, everybody else. Harry Carey. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he sounds like every time. That is me. Yeah.
2: Should we Should we do some, just some, some quick listener questions? Some quick listener questions. Okay, yeah.
1: Listener questions. Hit us up, Pace. Let's go.
2: So we got one from Kevin. Uh, Hi Kevin friend, friend of the show Friend, friend, of, the, friend of the podcast friend of the, friend of the show Kevin
0: Not the Kevin in this movie We should make that clear For the Correct. listeners Just yes. in case um,
2: What's And this is something We already t- talked about But I wanted to You know Thank Kevin for asking the question uh, Which is What is the possibility Of someone with DID Exhibiting states of Superhuman characteristics In one of, the, one of their altars Which we kind of talked about uh, We don't really think I think we kind of Came to the consensus That we don't really think It's possible for An altar to Adapt you know, superhuman super strength change the um, physiological
0: composition right. of the human body like, Exa- beyond what it would normally be able to do. Like
1: you are a human; you can only do what a human can do. You yes. can do things that you might not do in other personality states. If it's like a top-down regulated mechanism, sure, but right. And psychosomatic effects exist. Yes, and effects associated with
0: alters exist. We talked about t- taste perception. Um, it was mentioned, I think, uh, allergies at one point. But we talked about like what is it? Allergic allergy sensitivities are probably more right. along the line, which like so.
1: sensitivity is like the reaction to it from I guess the perception of the individual, yeah, yeah, yeah. not like an actual. You can still reaction.
0: feel itchy.
2: You can still right. Yeah. Um, and one more question. This one is from uh, Sarah in Newburgh, Indiana, Friend-ish. friend of the podcast, <laughs> friend um, of the podcast, she asked, and this is from actually a personal experience that she has, is, is it normal for people with uh, DID to exhibit paranoia and uh, aberrant social behavior like randomly laughing out of place or things like that? <laughs> I mean, I would say, I mean, again, we have limited
0: experience with this, but based on the fact that, uh, I think Sean mentioned that there are a couple comorbidities com- yes, uh, that you can have with uh, DID. Paranoia is definitely not out of the
2: question. I think it's, I think that actually is a common symptom of DID. And if you lose DID.
1: whole blocks of time, I would certainly be paranoid. From, yes. From what I was reading, um, because DID is like, a development thing like mm-hmm. it's not really diagnosed in children a lot it's, it's normally in adults right um so they we refer to that major. as the primary altar and they were saying like the primary altar with these comorbidities will normally exhibit them so like right if in for example this movie if kevin was here if kevin is depressed and has bipolar disorder those population. would be exhibited by him when he's in that primary state And the different alters won't necessarily have that because sometimes they're less complex with the whole psychiatric effects of, you know, having psychiatric disorders for their individual personalities. Sure. But it's all kind of gray. But so most likely you would see some effects like that. Sure.
0: I mean, and I would say that, you know, to your other point, if someone is co-conscious – then they would absolutely randomly laugh because you have another person with you telling a joke or something, right? right. Like it's it's right. absolutely not out of the question. Right, so. I, I agree. So I actually have uh, two questions that I would like to cover as well uh, oh, boy. about the
2: Andromeda strain. Yeah. Okay. So last
1: week we watched the Andromeda strain. The episode aired today, which is what is the day? December twelfth. December twelfth, twenty sixteen. Twenty no seventeen. Sorry, sorry, twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Um,
0: yeah, so we actually got a uh, question that we missed by, I'm not kidding, by probably about an hour from our friend, uh, sorry, friend of the podcast, Brett Light, who's at Real Critical, that's R-E-E-L Critical uh, on Twitter. He asked us a couple of questions. Uh, we actually addressed these during the podcast, but just to give, give it some light. He basically asks, what are the odds that a random upper atmosphere, presumably anaerobic microbe, would specifically have specifically evolved to thrive in the pH of human blood?
1: Blood. Seems convenient. I doubt the pH of space and people match up very well. Yeah, they don't. I mean, we don't. I want to go too in depth because we did address in the show, but like pH is something that occurs in, in liquid. Liquid. Yep. So there's no pH to this air right now, right? Because I mean, there are water vapor, but if you're in a vacuum, there's no
2: pH, right? I was gonna say I think it's a pretty alarming coincidence that the perfect pH range for, uh, as you described, some anaerobic space microbe is is the human blood pH. And
0: not right. even neutral. It's human blood pH. Yeah, 7.4. Yes. Right. Yeah. Now, that said, there are organisms, and this is another part of his question, but there are other organisms that have specific ranges that they're able to grow in. So you have bacteria that are... Uh, Acidophiles, which grow in more acid conditions, neutrophiles, which tend to grow in neutral conditions, and then, uh, alkalophiles, alco- or as Sean says, <laughs> alkalifiles, um, <laughs> what? who are what? able to grow in like basic Why situations. are you throwing shade? So, I don't say that. I'm not. That's a different podcast. Anyway, so we have uh, one more question. Thanks, Brett, for the question, by the way. Oh, yeah, dude. Brett, thank you very much. Okay, so, yeah, our next question comes from friend of the podcast, Doug Miller, uh, who asked a question that's based on, nope, not based on any of the movies that we watched at all, uh, but he said, do you think Silicon-based people would be the consistency of gummy bears? And I believe, Sean, you actually fielded this question for
1: him. I did. I said, yes, next question. Yeah, that was actually, <laughs> I t-
0: which is pretty succinct, Doug. I think it should be pretty obvious that they would be the consistent. coming Yeah, Doug, we bad question, Doug. Yeah, and he also <laughs> asked uh, if he could soak them in alcohol for a tasty, intoxicating treat. Um, and we said, no, they would taste nothing like that because they're comprised entirely of silicon, Doug. Yeah. Silicon Doug, thank I work, you very much.
1: I happen to work on taste, so I was like, Doug, silicone is not a sense of taste. You can't taste silicones. So.
0: Yeah, we're sorry that uh, Sean jumped on your throat because of uh, the way taste works.
1: Doug, I'm not sorry at all. Get your shit together.
0: Thank you very much for the question. Doug. <laughs> thanks for the question, Doug. <laughs> so I think that's about going to wrap us up. Uh, we got anything else we want to say to the the fans? Everybody, thanks for listening. All five of them.
1: Um, sorry about the last episode being a little late, but with the holidays and Ken was in L. A., it was yeah. you know he was running away from wildfires. It was a little tricky. Oh, God. Um, but this episode should be out on time. Um,
2: Separate your commingled and paper paper recyclables. Jesus Christ.
1: Christ! You can't do this every time. Anyway, you,
0: recycling and Kristen Wig every time,
2: every time.
0: So the other thing that we want to say is that uh, retweets, shares, and especially iTunes reviews help us out a lot. So if you can take a couple minutes out of your day, go and review us on iTunes. It helps us sort of climb that ladder. More people will listen. Tell your family members to listen. And we are always open to questions. You can hit us up at realsciencecast on Twitter or realsciencecast at gmail.com. We're open to questions about any movies that we've watched, any science, or even if you want
1: to correct us on a few points on things we've talked about before, totally fine too.
2: Lay into us.
1: Yeah, there also, I did want to mention, like, we have a Podbeam website. That's where we uh, host, that's who hosts our um, RSS feed. But we can also be found on, like, iTunes and, like, a bunch of different other like Stitcher, a bunch of main podcast apps. So you don't have to always go to Podbean if it's less convenient for you. You can go to your normal podcast app and we're probably there. And if there's one we're not on, let us know. Yeah, we'll just put it on Just there. let us know. We'll put it on there. Kenan, where can people find you?
0: You can find me on the internet on pretty much every single form of media at L-O-L That's
1: L-O-L-K-E-N-N. Oh, man. Sean, about you? Is there a giant space between? No, there's no spaces. space oh, okay. between. You oh, my, my, my. You can find me on the Real Science Cast Facebook page. Uh, I'll right. be answering yeah. questions from Doug, probably. But if you want to ask questions, I will try and answer them. Um, yeah. I have a Twitter. It's at Cross and Grip. I'm never on it. But if people start tweeting at me, maybe I'll get on it. Pace, where can people find you?
2: You can find me on the Twitter at Michael C. Pace, where I will talk to you about basically anything uh, that you that's would like. True. Uh, I'd love to talk to you. I've also started uh, really, really trying to get uh, my own word about what I think is important in the realm of science and science news, so... Uh, look for that and talk to me and us about the science and film. Yeah,
0: and if you guys want to, uh, we talked about this a little bit last time on the uh, previous episode, but Sean is going to be getting Witcher 3, I think, for Christmas. So if you want to <laughs> pressure pace into getting Witcher 3 so that everyone will have played it at this table, and that way I can trust everyone at this table, uh,
2: that would actually be really great. So- We're going to set up a GoFundMe thing. For, for me yeah. to get Witcher 3. Is that what that's called? I, th- I think go, so. Go give me money. You just go... F- give me hey. money. Give me money. Go fund yourself, Pace. Go fund myself. Got him. Anyway, guys,
0: thank you very much for listening. My name's Kinnon Smith. My name's Sean Crossan. I'm Michael Pace. And remember,
1: guys, you don't need good science to make a good movie. That's very good. Put that shit on a bumper sticker. Stay, Stay classy. classy. Fuck. <laughs>
2: Pause.
0: Pause for <laughs> every, every time, Sean complains about gonna starting, and just fucking starts making noise.
2: Today, I'm gonna, gonna find some delight. the light. My always saying, when it's right, it's right.
1: Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clearer in the light of day. Hey, 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 then that is always gonna be there anyway <laughs> oh, yeah. how is he doing this i don't know but it's perfect are you just it's like so pumping testosterone in your body or something like i don't know how the fuck no I have, a, I, I have a have a testicles gesticles rubber, rubber. i have a gift <laughs> i was trying to do the low part and you were like at least an octave below why me. the fuck did you do the, i went high for I a do. reason paces at the table no but i was i don't know how to do three harmonies i was doing the i do melody. the melody ba- i I was doing the melody and you were doing the harmony. That's true. And just did I the did the, the baritone. He did do. the melody also. It was just octaves Thank below. Thinking yeah.
2: about working
1: on my appetite, looking, looking for a, for a little bit of afternoon delight. We have to record that eleven years got getting so excited. Sky rockets, rockets in, in flight. Ooh. Holy shit! Afternoon <laughs> delay. <laughs> delay. <laughs> nice afternoon delight. delight.